All right, so uh, we're back today at Cutting Room Floor, kind of looking at uh, this last Sunday, talked about Revelation, 1 Corinthians 15, talked about this idea of like, all right, so is this sort of an evacuation? Yeah. Like when we sort of, Jesus is going to come back, right? He's going to form this new earth. Like, are we just talking about an evacuation? We're talking about choir practice? Are yeah. we talking, like, <laughs> what is it going to be like? And one of the things we did on Sunday is we just took some space to field questions. Yeah. Some of them I answered, some of them I didn't. Totally. Uh, one of the questions I punted on was this <laughs> idea of the rapture. Sure. Uh, right, because there's this sequence where we talked about how like you, you die, uh, you're on earth, right? You die, your body's still on earth, yeah. you're with Jesus, and there's some mystery there of what sure. that looks like, but then Jesus will come back mm-hmm. uh, to earth. We will then come, his, establish his kingdom there. We will be resurrected with our physical bodies, yeah. but in a sort of new eternal form. Totally. Uh, and then someone's like, well, what about the rapture? Right. Cause between us being with Jesus and Jesus returning, there are different theories on this idea, quote unquote, the rapture. Sure. Yeah. Now I didn't grow up in an evangelical church growing up. Uh, so maybe you can share with me, like from your expertise, having grown oh, up in that space, like, uh, what, what is the rapture? And if someone's not familiar with it, yeah. how do they make sense of totally. it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about expertise, but yeah. we can go into at least in my own kind of background and you know understanding of of what this idea is. Um, the rapture kind of comes from it's like, you know to be technical comes from the Latin the Latin word for to be taken up or to okay. to come away in our English translations. Yeah. Um, so from First Thessalonians, we'll get to that in a second. But this idea of the rapture is, is essentially this idea where uh, in like the the scheme of things or the end time timeline, if you yeah. will. There's this event that precedes Jesus making all things new. Okay. Um, so this is before Revelation 21 sure. and 22. But this is Jesus' return. This is Jesus' return. So okay. like Jesus' return would be like this much more macro, yeah. um, holistic sort of event. Sure. Um, and at the beginning of this sort of process of Jesus making all things new, Jesus comes back to earth okay. for his people in this understanding and takes yeah. his people um, to him uh, okay. up in heaven. Um, and generally, there's this idea where... The rapture would be considered a pre-tribulation rapture. Okay, so that's where people get this idea of, are you a pre-tribber? Exactly, okay, yeah. yeah. So pre-trib or post-trib are kind of the, the two yeah. main ideas there, or debated ideas there. And then there's a third option, a mid-tribulation So Jesus comes view. back, there's like this period of tribulation. Yeah. And the question is, when does he rapture or take, take his away, people yeah. up? Up, yeah. Because okay. the idea is, is that when God, kind of based on an understanding of the book of Revelation, God is going to you know, judge the earth and deal with wickedness and evil. And during that time, God will have taken his people away uh, to keep them with himself as he, as the judgment falls. And And that's a seven year period. It's a seven year period in this kind of understanding, a literal seven year period. Like this sort of rapture perspective, there's a seven year period upon Jesus return. And he takes his people up either at the beginning of that, the middle or the end. Yeah. So those are kind of the three main sort of buckets. And then after that, According to this theory, there's also then a thousand year reign yes. of Jesus on earth. Totally. Before he makes all things new. Exactly. Yeah. So this would be all kind of putting together key passages from Daniel, a little bit of Jeremiah, the book of Revelation, and then specifically with what you're referring to, the thousand year yeah. kind of it's called the millennial reign from Revelation chapter twenty. Um, these are all kind of a, a reading of taking these uh, numerical uh, sequences literal. Yeah. So a seven year period, literal seven years, a literal thousand year period, yeah. Revelation twenty. And then you have the narrative and the description that John has in Revelation okay. 21. So, but, but what's clear here is there are very smart yeah. and very faithful people 
that disagree on some of totally. this. Yeah. So not everyone assumes that a thousand years and seven years are meant to be a literal seven years. Exactly. Yeah. And this kind of gets into kind of a whole field of like how you read revelation yeah. and apocalyptic literature, sure. but just kind of like on a basic level, you know, numbers and the way that numbers are used, especially in revelation are generally very symbolic yeah. in nature, at least from kind of my understanding sure. to that. And again, smart people disagree yeah. on so this like for sure. So like seven, give me an example. Like yeah. This. So seven, like even thinking back to like the book of Genesis, God creates in seven days. Yep. There's that sequence all throughout, even when the tabernacle and the temple are instituted in seven day cycles. Yeah. And it's generally kind of this, this picture and this idea of completeness or wholeness is usually associated with the number seven. Yeah. And then um, a thousand can be thousand. also understood in similar way, right? Exactly. Cause it's a multiple of 10 and oftentimes 10, you think about the 10 commandments, yeah. there's other instances where the number 10 pops up in scripture yeah. or multiples of 10. Yeah. Um, and that others uh, can symbolize or depict this idea of wholeness or completeness. Yeah. So there's and, one way when we talk about rap the rapture, we can sort of do it in this linear way of yeah. like seven years with a rapture somewhere in that seven and then a thousand year reign, or those could be more symbolic. Totally. Um, it seems like also there are certain texts yeah. in the new Testament that people point to and say, look, yeah. look, this it's is where right, it's here. right here. Like totally. The rapture. Yeah. Maybe you can unpack those a little bit. Totally. I think first Thessalonians and then in Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think we can, let's start with first Thessalonians. Cause this is, I think uh, probably the more popular out of the, okay. out of the two. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be helpful if I read a little bit of yeah, it great. here. So this is first Thessalonians four, starting in verse 13, Paul writes, but we do not want you church to be uninformed about those who are asleep, referring to those who have died, okay. that you may not grieve as others do who do not have hope for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. And verse 16 is kind of where it gets key here. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then verse 17, is, this, is, this is key. Then we who are alive, or still alive, who are left, will be caught up together. And so that's where the yeah, word rapture, rapture comes yep. from, from the Latin translation. We who are caught up together with him, uh, we will be caught up together with him, sorry, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be uh, with the Lord. So this idea of being caught up in the air okay. to meet the Lord in the clouds. And so this idea is, here's Paul, it seems pretty clear, right? Yeah. Jesus is coming back. And upon Jesus' arrival, uh, Jesus is going to first take his people up uh, yep. to be with himself. And so the idea then is you piece together the timeline we were just talking about. And Jesus has now kind of more or less evacuated his people from the earth. Yep. And then this seven-year period or this tribulation period um, will come. The thing, though, is that as you kind of look at, especially with the, the idea of like meeting the Lord or that word for meet, um, this idea actually has contextual um, significance with kind of even Paul's kind of Greco-Roman world. Where what I mean is, is that when like a king would come and arrive at a city, um, especially after like a victory or yeah. a battle or something like that, there'd be this customary practice of the people going out to the edge of the town or the edge of the city or outside of the gates even to greet that like noble official or yeah. that king or that general. To like celebrate. Like it's like an entourage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then that person, that king would be coming back to that city. It wasn't like the king was then going to take those people away. Got it. You know, somewhere else. So they're basically like, I imagine like they go out, they welcome the king and then they come back with the king 
to their home to their home to the yeah. capital city because yeah. they're announcing like this is the moment of yeah. full and final victory to recognize that yeah. in in front of the whole you know town or whatever sure. and i think that's as you kind of look at it in that context yeah. this might be actually what's happening uh here with with first thessalonians mm-hmm. because uh this idea even of uh, meeting the lord in the clouds that echoes back to uh daniel 7 and this idea of like the, this son of man figure being mm. this high and exalted yeah. king over all. Um, and it's not talking about when you look at Daniel seven. And then I think when you read first Thessalonians like this, uh, necessarily uh, an escape from yeah. this earth, it, it's a, it's a receptive yeah. um, passage where, where Paul is saying, Hey church, we are welcoming Jesus back as King. Um, and we're going to meet him, you know, in the air, so to speak. It's kind of a metaphor here, an image yeah. here. So rather than saying literally, we are going to be raptured to be with Jesus and hang out. Yeah. There's maybe even a metaphorical sense in which we are welcoming exactly. Jesus as he comes back. Totally. Not necessarily for a seven year hiatus in the clouds, yeah. but to welcome him as he comes to make all things totally. new, to judge and to make all things totally. new. Yeah. And it's key because this is not just for Thessalonians. There's other passages that sometimes are kind of thrown in this kind of like escape sort of. Yeah you know, mindset, I think of uh, real quickly, Philippians three, our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. So sometimes we think, oh, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. And we think of heaven else. as cloud exactly. versus heaven as this place where God is. Where God is. And that as citizens of heaven, what Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, yeah. you are an ambassador of the, of the kingdom of heaven to yeah. live that citizenship up here and now, yeah. at least for in Philippi. And even when Paul writes that in Philippians 3, verse 20, the next verse says, and it's from heaven we await a Savior. Yeah. So Paul is saying to the church in Philippi there, Philippians 3 again, it's from heaven we are awaiting Jesus to come back yeah. to us here on earth. So the direction is, is from heaven to earth in yeah. both, I think, First Thessalonians and uh, Philippians 3. Now that's kind of the first yeah. passage there. So that's First Thessalonians 4 was kind of what we were just... Sure talking about there but matthew also yeah matthew so there's this whole you know narrative block within uh matthew towards the end of uh, end of the book matthew 24 and 25 and it's kind of almost like a mini apocalypse it can be read as that oftentimes of jesus speaking about what i personally think is probably the destruction of jerusalem and the destruction of the temple okay Um, but also sometimes people will take it jesus foretelling what's going to happen you know in the end times in how we might modernly uh, think about that Um, but specifically matthew 24 uh, verse 36 is kind of where people might go to understand or sure. think about this idea of a rapture. Verse 36, Matthew 24, Matthew writes, or Jesus is saying, but concerning the day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son of man, but the father only. And this is important for contextual purposes. Verse 37, for as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the son of man. So Noah, the Noah narrative needs to be kind of in the background okay. as we're reading this text. And Noah is connected to flood. the flood. Yeah. So okay. a time where God uh, was judging the earth mm-hmm. and kind of that whole scenario. Verse 38, Matthew 24, for those, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. Speaking of Jesus's yeah. return. Okay. Verse 40 though. Then two men will be in a field. One will be taken and one left. Yeah. Two women will be grinding in the mill. One will be taken and one left. And so there's really like, like books and, and songs have been sure, kind sure. of made off of this of like, you know, being left behind yeah. or being taken. And we even make jokes about it sometimes. Totally. Like if you're the one left behind, that's the bad thing. Exactly. But when you actually look at the context, yes. it's a little different. Totally. Yeah. So to actually, to be, to be taken is not actually good. If you think about 
the flood the flood to yeah. be taken away or to be swept, swept away. away with the flood yeah. is you're under god's you judgment there yeah. and to be left behind yeah. is actually a good thing and noah and his family the in survivors. the ark exactly yes yeah. and so i think even you know most people who would hold to you know a literal rapture view you know, I can actually concede this point here, but it yeah. is interesting though, just how in our popular culture, yeah. at least in the Christian world, yeah. you know, the language here, this is where a lot of it's coming yeah. from, and but yet, Jesus is saying the exact the opposite. Exact opposite. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're playing hide and seek, right, this is when the joke happens, right? Yeah. You're playing hide and seek. Oh, I was left behind. Well, that means it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. It, yeah. And so it just, it comes back to, I think this whole idea of when we're reading the New Testament in particular, and really actually if you go back to the prophets, Isaiah is speaking about this new heavens, yeah. new earth. The hope for the Jewish people for millennia was not that you know God was going to take them away somewhere, but that God was going to come back to the land, to yeah. the earth, and be there fully and, and finally, and to release and forgive the world of sin and death and to restore everything that God had made yeah. um, to be like Eden and, and better as yeah. we look at Revelation 21. So we're talking on Sunday about sort of this idea of the resurrection. And what you're saying is like, hey, we got to just as maybe there's some mystery mm -hmm. with what it looks like after death, before Jesus return, when we are with Christ, there's some mystery that there's like, maybe it's not as clear and linear as like Jesus comes back seven years a thousand years, right? Then all things new that like, maybe we can't piece the puzzle together totally. that clearly. Yeah. But what we do know is that Jesus will return. Totally. Jesus will make all things new. And as Christians, we are going to be people that are participating in the eternal kingdom. Yeah. The renewed creation that Jesus makes. And totally. Does. Yeah. And for yeah. me, that's where I think our focus needs yeah. to be. Not necessarily on trying to piece all the fine details yeah. or timelines or, or charts like that, which you know, can be fine to a certain extent. But yeah. I think what we're trying to make the case here is that what's abundantly clear and what seems to be the main focus for the New Testament writers is not uh, this, perhaps this mini event that happens before Revelation 21 yeah. and 22. Um, but Revelation 21 and 22, when the writers of the Bible talk about what God's going to do one yeah. day, that's the focus. Yeah. New heavens, new earth, God comes back here yeah. and all things are made new. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and that we let go of control Yeah. in some ways. Like Jesus says, he's going to come like a thief in the night. Exactly. We're not going to know when he's coming. Yeah. And it seems like we're not exactly sure how it's all going to happen. Totally. But we trust, we let go and trust that Jesus will come back. Yeah. He will make all things new and that our life is going to be eternal totally. in the kingdom of God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. Yep.